Hello, and welcome to CAA Conversations. Today we're with Sarah Krupp and Megan O'Connor to discuss shifting from a BFA to a BA as a faculty member. Sarah Krupp is an assistant professor of sculpture at Wayne State College in Wayne, Nebraska. She teaches 2D, 3D design, all levels of sculpture, and sometimes art appreciation. Sarah can generally be found coated in a mixture of wood, plaster, and metal dust. And since 2007, Megan has been teaching a combination of foundations and printmaking courses currently at Wayne State College. Uh, one of Megan's biggest challenges is removing all of the cat hair before discussing craftsmanship with her students. So without further ado, I'm going to hand the conversation over to Sarah and Megan. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for having us. We're from a small university uh, and we're both first year faculty members. It's located in a rural location in, in Nebraska uh, and we have about 3,300 students. So um, it's, a, it's a smaller sort of college environment. Our art department has about 100 students between uh, visual communication design, studio arts, and art education. And I will say of the majors that we have, like, Sarah, I don't know what you want to talk about first exactly, but um, in terms of the numbers, right now our students have, you know, we have our gen ed requirements at the college, but we do have, for a BA program, like our total hours that our students are doing is um, about 57 hours total for our art majors. And, you know, to give or take a couple of hours for the art the um, art education and the graphic design majors. We both came from BFA programs. We came from uh, universities that offered both, uh, oftentimes both BA and BFAs. And so it, we found that we wound up having to make a bit of an adjustment for a BA program alone. And we maybe haven't adjusted maybe consciously uh, to a great degree, but we're finding out that we tend to have our students generally less time than maybe a BFA program would. Uh, generally in a BA program, you do two thirds of your studies in general education courses, whereas in a BFA program, you do two thirds of your study in your major, so your art courses. And that's a, that's a major shift in sort of the, how the students develop in their own in their own ways and I think that's something I, Megan is that something that you've noticed yeah definitely I know that we were talking the other day about you know how normally in a BFA program you get them to about that third studio class and you know most of the time in BFAs you're going to have them choose a concentration so for example in print three um, that's where you start to have that sort of breaking point with your intermediate students and um, with us having them in the BA program, you know, we don't have them for, say, six semesters consecutively. Um, so that's kind of a, a big challenge in terms of refining ideas and even refining technique. So they might get into, like, I teach the senior exhibit class, so they'll get into the senior exhibit. And, you know, we basically have them for maybe like between 13 to 15 hours uh, less in studio courses. So they're kind of at that breaking point um, sometimes in the senior exhibit class or they're 
on the edge of an idea. And while it could be represented in their senior exhibition, its rep representation is this is a really kind of raw, sometimes just like a really new exploration of it, as opposed to when you look at like a BFA exhibit uh, where they've had, you know, those extra two or three semesters to work with faculty and really develop their technique or their ideas. So, and Sarah, what, do you have anything to add to that? I know it's been kind of different because with the, the design and the sculpture classes. Right, so I have them at the foundations level and they're at that point where they're just coming in and they're just getting this idea that they want to go into art and that they love art and that that is, that is where their passion is and that's what they want to do. And they don't really know what the difference is between a BFA and a BA and how, how those sorts of uh, differences in the amount of class time they get how that how that's going to shape them in their careers. Now, I think something, and I don't wanna talk about the BA as a negative thing, I think there are a lot of positives to having a BA, but if a student comes in wanting to really go full bore at being an artist, there's a few obstacles they, they don't really have an idea of, of the differences and, and what's happening. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think that's something like us as faculty coming from BFA programs, I feel like we tend to talk to them about that. I, I know I know Sarah's pretty good about talking to them about it, but we'll tell them like, you know, well, if this is your goal, like if you want to go to graduate school, then let's talk about uh, applying for artist residencies when you graduate. I think we, we do have options at the college, though, like what Sarah was saying, we don't put it into the curriculum so that it's not set out as an option on paper. So a lot of times the options of, say, doing um, a special honors project for two semesters where they're working on um, a series of drawings or paintings, the students don't necessarily realize that that's something that they can do to not only work towards their degree and their upper level um, requirements towards the gen ed stuff at the college, but also develop their portfolio. So I think for us as faculty, we haven't changed our expectations of how we want them to perform, but in terms of the time allotted to it, it's become a lot more time like outside of class time for us and for the students. But I think just trying to, to look at like different BA programs and, and extra opportunities that are offered to the students outside of just the minimum requirements of the BA so things like the honors projects, um, minors that maybe complement what they're doing in the studio, and even just like uh, what we're doing at Wayne State with the sophomore review and the senior exhibit class for the students in terms of just trying to go above to prepare them a little bit better for when they get out. And something that I was really impressed with coming to the school that we're at is that there was a fairly rigorous structure previously set up by faculty at, at this school. So although it is a, a BA program, it's almost set up like a BFA program in that uh, students are required to go through sophomore review. And it's actually even more rigorous than some of the previous places that I've been at, which has really helped with their verbal skills, their writing skills, as, as well as their, their skills in making. And then also the, as you had mentioned, uh, Megan, you you do the uh, the senior exhibit. They're expected to be making enough work to fill out a, an entire exhibition. Well, in the gallery, sixteen hundred square foot, and we usually have about four four students graduate a semester. So I know Sarah, you were talking about your all's BFA exhibition, how it was quite different from that, correct? 
Yeah. I went to Ohio State and, you know, you have 20 some students graduating and putting on a show at the same time. It, there's not much, not much room to, to kind of show your work. So that's something that I think is a big positive about, you know, being at a smaller school. It's hard because the senior exhibition class is a one credit hour course. I'm trying to cover, I'm trying to do professional practices in there too, which is something I'd like to change in the future. But I mean, we're covering framing, we're covering working with visiting artists. How do we put together an exhibition? And something that Sarah and I were talking about the other day was that because they don't have as much time to kind of develop the understanding of those processes organically through maybe a six semester interaction with um, instructors consistently in a studio area, like this senior exhibit class is really needed for them in the BA in order to help them develop the tools um, to be able to put on the exhibition um, just with the number of, of contact hours that we have with them. So you were talking, Megan, about how the BFA gives students more time to more organically develop their ideas and to to maybe get to that breakthrough point that we like to see happen. We've worked with undergraduates before and we know where that aha moment begins and where they get to the cusp of of yes, we're ready for graduate school. There's starts to be a thread being drawn through the work and we're starting to see that preparedness. So in the BA program, that's more of a struggle to get them to that level. And I know this is, this is something that has sort of been going through my mind as a new faculty is that I'm responsible for recruitment. I teach the beginning level courses and Something that I've been thinking a lot about is how is sort of the ethics behind encouraging a BA over a BFA or a BFA over a BA. So maybe we could talk more about the strengths or difficulties with that, because I know there's sometimes when a student comes to me and they're saying, I want to be an art major, that I know that they may be able to have a stronger advancement in a BFA program. but our school only offers a BA. So there is kind of an internal thing there. So maybe Megan, are you able to speak a little bit to that? You're talking about like, they want to do the BFA, but we don't have it. So how do we get them prepared for graduate school? Well, they don't even, right. oftentimes they don't even know that they want to do it. That's the thing is when you have <laughs> students coming in, you kind of know where they want to go with this. They, they're like, I want to be a painter. And so- and realize necessarily that that's their path is that what you're saying right they don't necessarily realize the differences between yeah. between the two so I feel like it's like well I'll just show them this and that and the other and try to educate them as much as I can and talk about like well if you're going to be an art major and you want to be an artist like yes you can graduate you can go make art you can find community print shops or go uh, apply for residencies. Now, if you want to be a teacher, be prepared for rigorous years of school in the future and competitive job applications afterward. But I think at this point, like students' parents would worry about them being an art ma major and, oh my God, my, my kid's not going to get a job afterwards. But at this point, I think kind of any career is a question mark because the job market is flooded with candidates in a lot of different areas in terms of educational degrees. Right. So 
I don't really feel that bad if it's what they love to do. But I, I, you know, if they have questions and have concerns about it, I think those are conversations that we have. But I feel like if you have a student that loves what they do, like in terms of advising, if they're like, well, I don't really know what I want my major to be, then, you know, I'm like, you know, could you see yourself doing business your whole life? Or do you see yourself working with your hands? Do you see yourself sitting at a computer and doing design work? You know, and I think it's more just trying to lay out the options for them. And then you just kind of put the materials in front of them. And if they, you know, one thing I tell them about like making art and being an artist is like, if you don't make any artwork over summer break and you're not happy because of that, or you feel like something just isn't right, that's usually a sign that you're an artist. Cause if you're not making and you feel that like that scratch inside that you need to make something, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I, it, when it comes to like the BFA and the BA, I don't think that the students themselves are, are like ultimately different. All, all students want to have a career and have that career path. And I think one of the strengths of the BA, I guess, just kind of going on that, is that it, it does allow for a minor that does, mm-hmm. that does help to support. Um, so they, they're able to get a little more information on like business or another type of project. Having that ability to uh, get the minor does allow for that ability to be more diverse. Well, and I think that's traditionally what a BA is, right, compared to a BFA. Because I know, like, where I went to undergrad, we had the BA and the BFA, and the students that got the BA, they were just, they had a wider variety of interests. You know, they were they were interested in a lot of different things. So that's ultimately, I think, why they chose the BA over the BFA, because they wanted to take so many other classes, you know? Hey, universities, was there a stigma that was carried with the BA, though? No, no, but, but they just weren't in the studio as much, you know, that was all. So it was like, yeah, I mean, there was definitely like a group of art majors that we kind of like banded together, but it was because we were like eating, sleeping and breathing in in the studio, you know? Um, So I don't, I don't think we looked at them and thought, oh, why are you doing that sort of thing? But it was definitely like a different level of intensity. I don't know. Was there a stigma at your college? I think that there was always this, there was sort of this idea that the BA was was like something where students just couldn't get it together. The, the students that chose the BA path were were the ones that, you know, maybe just chose their major a little too late. And so they wound up like taking a lot of extra courses in order and, and sort of cobbled together a BA. But that's really, I mean, that's, I think that's, maybe a, a really negative having been in this BA program where there's o- the only option is a BA like that's obviously very much not true so yeah and we're not alone in this because I mean one of my former colleagues he's had a BA program and they've got excellent student work coming out of there and really good professors but yeah they do a lot of extra work too to um, prepare the students we were talking about like Vanderbilt Vanderbilt's one of the top uh, research institutions in the country and they have a BA I mean, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's time. I think that's it. Plain and simple. Time is the biggest difference. The amount of face time with the students, the amount of time for skill building, time for discussion about making work. And I think I've just noticed that we spend time outside of the class with the students working with them individually. And that's one thing like our department, we only have six full we have six faculty full time. 
Um, and we're all pretty good about working with the students outside of class time. And I right. think the I think the biggest difference is just our graphic design majors have a have a pretty good, sweet deal because they can major in graphic design and they can do an advanced minor in studio art. And then our studio art majors, they do their major. And then our art ed majors, they do their majors and, and they do their senior exhibitions. But I think our art education majors have the biggest challenge in doing the senior exhibition because of their hours towards their major, we've got about, you know, 50, 57, give or take an hour or two for all of our majors. You've got a studio art student and an art education student coming into senior exhibit class, and your studio art student has more studio art classes under their belt than your art education student because of their uh, 57, 59 hours a good chunk of that is their education courses. So there's definitely like within our art majors, um, some of them get like our graphic design students looking at some of the numbers. If they were to do the advanced minor in art, they might graduate with um, more studio classes than say one of our art education majors, if that makes sense. So thinking about when students graduate and they're applying to colleges, they're applying to residencies, I know we were we were talking about you know po them possibly needing a little more preparedness. Other besides that, do you feel that the BA is at a disadvantage to a BFA on an application? Just the yeah. the degree itself. I mean, I don't just because I mean I've seen our student work. <laughs> so I mean I think it just depends on the student. The, and also this is our first year too. So I think I think there's going to be a big difference in what happens in our department in three years, you know, because we're kind of we have our students that we're working with from a foundations having conversations with earlier um, that we'll continue working with. But I mean, I don't personally, but um, I think that that's something that there's no way to predict it. Some people are going to say yes. You know, I think that some students come out of out of our program more prepared than some of the BFA students that I've seen out of my previous program. I mean, I feel like you always have like, you know, like at MTSU, we'd have maybe 10 or 12 students graduate and, you know, you'd have the handful of them that, you know, we're going to grad school. And then you, there's always one or two that kind of skate by, <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you think, Sarah? Do you think there's a stigmatism associated with it? Well, I think because I have had the opportunity to uh, sort of review graduate applications at previous institutions I was at. You know, I, I don't, it's all in the work, honestly. And a lot of times the degree takes takes a backseat. You know, if somebody has fantastic work um, and they have a degree in communications, a lot of times that university is going to find a way. And uh, I've, I've often, you know, I've worked in admissions for, for universities as well and, and seen other faculty sort of look that way at, at an application. So, but I've also always been at public institutions and not necessarily high-end private institutions. So from my experience, you know, I, I can look at it on a, on a bigger scale maybe, but if you have your more select schools, there may be there may be a difference. There may be. I'm I'm not sure. I, I mean I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I've taught at all public colleges. So that'd be I'd be curious to see how this conversation would play out differently with somebody in a in a private institution. Right. Um, one thing that um I have loved 
about our transition. And I don't know if it's because of the size, because, you know, I'm coming from a school with 26,000 students to a college of 3,500 students. <laughs> but the thing that I really like, because usually in a BFA program, you choose a concentration. I know that in some BFA programs, it's just studio art. And you don't necessarily have to do a like concentration in particular areas. But um, the thing that I really like about the BA is that they are our students. You know, they don't, I, you know, they, they may like painting and, and they may like printmaking and they may like doing sculpture, but they are a studio art major. They're an art major, you know. And I really like that just because um, sometimes in some larger programs, there can be like a fragmentation um, between students, between faculty in different areas. And I just feel like with a smaller program, um, the BA is really complementary in the sense that it's not like you're trying to get students to go over to particular areas. They're just, you know, they're majoring in art um, and they're taking all of the classes within within the department and stuff. So I think that's one thing that I've, I've really like. I was I guess I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't really think about it consciously. You were talking about some of these things have just been kind of happening on like a subconscious level, and then we've been reflecting on them. So I don't know if that's something that you've noticed as a difference or not, Sarah. Yeah. The interdisciplinary nature of our program, of, of a sort of this uh, studio arts program, because it kind of goes into um, more of a generalized education. But I, I think that something that's really nice about that is that we do have so much overlap with all of the students. They don't just take maybe sculpture one and you never see them again. You know, we're take we're oftentimes teaching multiple classes that allow for us to sort of interact with them on different levels, uh, teaching them different things. Also, I found myself, like my particular curriculum style is, is drawn from where I went to graduate school, which would have been the University of South Florida, where you're pairing curriculum that is skill-based with curriculum that's concept-based. So for a project, you would give them a conceptual underpinning as well as a kind of a skill-based underpinning. So creating a, a wood sculpture that in some way reflects something about you. Uh, so that, that actually begins to get them thinking about uh, concept earlier. And I've found that that seems to be a more successful thing in a BA program because I have to get them started thinking conceptually earlier. Whereas a BFA program, a lot of students are a little bit taken aback by that because they get more skill-based learning at the outset. So I think that's been something that's been kind of interesting. Have you had any similar sort of instances? Well, well we were, we all kind of took that approach of skill and concept-based. Um, and But I've definitely like continued that through like teaching drawing and things like that. But I do think that it's even more important. I mean, it's the difference of say like, all right, well, we might have the time to just paint a color wheel versus let's take the concepts of a color wheel and apply it to this composition that we thought about conceptually, right? So I think definitely like, it's like the work smarter, not harder kind of idea, right? Where we can combine these different things together. And I personally, as, as like 
as a foundations instructor, I'm like, let's take the problem solving and throw it in the mix as soon as possible because they're not learning it in high school. I, I realized maybe about six or seven years ago, I got really angry because my students couldn't do any brainstorming or problem solving. And I was, I got really frustrated for maybe like one or two semesters. And then finally I realized like, wow, I just have to start incorporating this into my 2D design class. So this is uh, clustering and mind mapping. And this is, you know, how we work subconsciously and starting to talk to the students. Well, this is problem solving. And then now we're going to take this and apply that to this, um, you know, this particular technique or method with materials. These are your confines. And this is the theme that's going to be um, our idea generation. And then just kind of kicking the ball back and forth to come up with ideas for compositions if they're in the three-dimensional realm, of course, working three-dimensionally. But I think with printmaking, I think printmakers have a tendency to want to do that sort of stuff just because everything takes so much time. So there's like this planning um, that goes involved into it that is involved with the print process. So I feel like, and a lot of foundations instructors that I tend to put myself around are printmakers. So I think that there's always, and there's this like history of, of narrative and storytelling associated with it. So it's always like, well, what's it about? <laughs> you know, but definitely trying to like give them the prompts and ideas to solve those problems. I, I, I mean, I think to me, like if you're going to do a foundations class and especially with them as students, like, you know, they need to understand that maybe closer to the beginning of the semester, there's not going to have as much, they're not going to have as much creative freedom, but you know, as you work through the semester and put the tools on the tool belt, then there starts to become that little bit of more freedom to kind of do do what they want to creatively with them based on the confines of what we kind of set aside, set forth for the project in hand, you know? I think one of the challenges that I've, I've run into because I've always taught 3D design and 2D design and 3D design have always um, for me, been a separate course. So at this at this college, we've we've combined them. So 2D and 3D, and there are there are basic understandings in the two dimensional realm that you can you can definitely work with that students are familiar with. They they already have a familiarity of of the materials. Like most of them have held a pencil or a pen or. They've 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 uh, drawn something before previous to this, but a lot of them have a much harder time walking into it, the three dimensional world, um, where they're where they're learning these three dimensional things. And when you combine a two D and three D class, there's very little time to give them that option to explore, um, and. So I, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting. I'm, I, I still try to bring that concept in a little bit earlier with them, but to them, 3D is a scary thing, and there's just so many materials that they can use, and it's so dependent on concept a lot of the time, which you know, in in it, the, you, you got to kind of maybe pare it down a little bit. You know, pull some of the concept away at the beginning levels, but when they get into sculpture, they, I don't have time to teach them all of the intricacies of woodworking. That's just not, it's just not possible when I have them for one to two classes. So uh, I find that I have to build, and that's sort of a tradition. That's been a tradition in, in uh, sculpture programs is that they really want you to hone all of these skills to an intricate level but in a BA program when I only have them for 
two classes maybe and then and then if they decide to go on and take an advanced credit you know there's very little time for them to really fully develop those skill sets so i have to develop their thinking skill sets in order for them to you know be able to continue with ideas and like integrating wood or some other material steel into those ideas so 3d can 3d can be kind of an interesting beast uh, I think there, you know, there's a lot of of that, though. I think that that's true, though, in a lot of our areas, though, don't you think? But basically, we have uh, two classes in each studio area, and then the anything after that is just advanced problems. So I, I mean, I'm I'm on, I'm in the same boat with you, Sarah, because I feel the same way. The whole like breadth of information versus like let's spend one semester on this process right because if you have them for six semesters right sculpture one through six mm-hmm. a lot easier to kind of delve into that but i mean it's it's a bigger challenge to cover you know i think i think with the process oriented things it's a little bit more of a challenge like sculpture and ceramics and printmaking right whereas with drawing and painting you know they're not going to cut their hand off applying material to the surface right <laughs> so so, I mean, in terms of safety, just safety alone, I mean, gosh, look at all the, the work you've done in the um, in the design room slash wood shop area, you know, so and you don't have them for an entire 3D design course before they take sculpture. Because, I mean, like in printmaking, it's been taught a lot of different ways, like you'll have it taught in some colleges, you'll do three or four different print processes the first semester at MTSU for years, um, it was just like a silkscreen class, a relief class, a lithography class. And at Wayne State, I'm just kind of playing around with doing like one process versus two processes a semester. But, you know, like Sarah was saying, we may only have the students for two semesters. We may only have them for one semester if they're a graphic design major. You know, can we just give them a little taste of, of, of a few different processes to kind of get their interest? Um, I guess my question for you is, um, how much do you think of how we feel about the transition is because it's our first year at the college? <laughs> well, I think it makes us think about it more. You know, I, I think that um, we we haven't had to think about the multiple degrees until I I came here and found that that there is a difference. There's there's a little bit of a difference. We're seeing these little differences here and there. And, you know, a lot of like this whole conversation is because it's our first year. I think if if we had already adjusted, we may not be so concerned with the little differences. But I, I think that it's it's kind of an interesting point. I'm, I'm glad that there's two of us that are seeing this. We're, you know, we're not like sometimes when you're alone and going in, you're like, oh, maybe I'm just imagining this, you know, maybe, maybe it's me. Um, but I think in talking to you, I, we've both noticed sort of a difference, which I think is, I think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing to sort of flesh out a little bit. And yeah, I think some of it is us being our first year, but I've done, you know, I've been at several universities before this as a visiting professor. So, um, and most of those programs were large state colleges where we had a ton of students and it wasn't even a question, you know, there's a BFA, there's a BA program and, you know, all of your students come in and all of your students leave and maybe you don't necessarily notice how the BA students 
um, you know, the BA students kind of disappear after after a couple classes and you're more concentrating on your BFA students. So I wonder if in the larger system, the, the BA students are almost getting lost in a way, um, or if, if they are self-directing and they're supporting themselves and with other, with other classes and that minor sort of element. I don't know, um, what do you think on that? I don't know because, so I was at MTSU and, and I, the last college I taught at before MTSU was a community college. So I dealt with the associate's degree before that. Um, and at MTSU, um, since I was on a contract, I didn't have to do any advising. I mean, I talked with my students, obviously, about advising, but not in any sort of official capacity. And I had, there were, like, most of my foundations classes, like, maybe, like, not even half of them were art majors, because we had, like, um, a lot of majors from communications and like uh, animation and stuff like that. So I I, t I would just always at the beginning of the semester, I tell them, I don't care what your major is, you know, like just make that very straightforward because I wanted them to all understand that, you know, in terms of my expectations of their, their workload, it was gonna be continuous no matter what their major was. Now, um, when it came to the printmaking majors, you know, they were all BFA students because they were up in those upper level print classes. But the same thing is true. I would teach like a beginning print class, like a screen print class or something. And I'd have studio art majors. I'd have art ed majors. I'd have graphic design and I'd have some um, art minors in those classes, too. So I, I didn't even think about it, you know, before here, before Wayne State. So well, and I think it's a necessarily a difference in like the way we treat them, but I, I kind of think about maybe. But I was just not aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we're we're just, just not even we on weren't aware of the system. We weren't really maybe paying attention to the system before. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, yeah, because I like when I when I got hired. Um, and talking with Steve and kind of reading and stuff, um, you know, oh, it's a BA. So the first thing I did was like, I called my friends that teach at BA programs and I'm like, what's the big difference? <laughs> and they're like, nothing <laughs> except less time. They're like, we, and all my friends that I've talked to that are at BA programs, they're like, you know, I think we're, we're, what I've noticed is that like, we all have the same sort of expectations in terms of wanting our students to succeed and not expecting anything less from them. But I think just the biggest difference is just time. One thing I'd really like to see is us be able to offer our students um, something through the college post-graduation to be able to like further their studies, further their research for a semester or two um, in the future. I think that'd be really cool if we could do something like that for them. I, you know, I have been really impressed to because we do kind of keep track a little bit of our the ones that have graduated and many have gone on and gotten their master's degrees and gone on into residencies. And so I don't think that it, it is necessarily a hindrance. Um, and, you know, I think in some ways, you know, those students have to work a little bit harder, but in many ways that, that also maybe better prepares them. It, because when you get out into the out into the real world, it's not all set up nicely for you. Well, I think that's a good observation because for a student that we might have that's getting their BA, for example, but they want more art classes and that's, you know, they're coming to us as their advisor and they're like, okay, what can I do to take more art classes? I want to go to graduate school. What can I do? And, and we're like, well, these are your options. You look into those and then we'll talk about it. And I think that's a, a good observation to bring up in terms of 
it isn't. I mean, yes, we do have our major set up. It's pretty clear cut for them. But to get those extra hours, we really do have to be a little creative to find those hours. And then how does that contribute to their um, upper level gen ed requirements? You know, how can we how can we, um, you know, for example, uh, one of our students um, is doing a minor in biology um, and she's really interested in um, biological illustration. So she's uh, working with uh, one of our professors in biology and doing like a special projects. And then eventually she's going to do an honors project for some drawings to go with them and then possible like service learning opportunities based off of that. So I think that having those challenges within the college is helping them to kind of figure out how to chart their own course um, or path um, before they get out for sure. That is a really excellent point to end on. <laughs> Thank you both so much. This is a wonderful and fascinating conversation that I think a lot of the listeners will be able to identify with, especially with the yearly uh jobs shuffle. I think a lot of people move from one type of program to another. And this has been super informative and you provided a lot of concrete tactics for dealing with some of the concerns that have been articulated. So thank you both. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.